podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine morning? I am splendid. Happy, yes. happy Monday morning. It's a good start to a week. Yeah. Daniel is, is definitely having a good start to a week. We get to once again on our post-Thanksgiving show announce an, announce an engagement. So congratulations to, to Daniel and his bride-to-be on a very, very... Happy, happy news! I know he wasn't going to slip that in, so wanted to wanted to make sure to share the news with everyone for him. Congratulations, ah, thank you, Daniel! Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yes, but the probably second, if not most, exciting thing to happen to Daniel this weekend is that the 49ers beat the New Orleans Saints thirteen to zero in a very, very glorious shutout. Daniel, how are we feeling about about our Niners? Um, the shutout was uh, starting off with a good crack. Uh, the shutout was an incredible part. Um, yes, was that a a beautiful game? No, that was a that was a pretty ugly game. But a W is a W. I know Timmy and I have talked many many times on this podcast that we just so badly want to see the Niners steamroll other teams. That is what happened when we played the Arizona Cardinals two yes. weeks ago. Now. That's and right. that's we incredible. Didn't get to talk about that game. That was a fun one. It was the most fun, and we got to enjoy the heck out of that. Um, that's what we hope for every single week: is that the Niners' offense, defense, both just bulldoze the other team. I would not say that our offense bulldozed the Saints yesterday. Um, statistically, it was not an exciting game for a single player, other than. Um, the I would say the interception column for Jimmy Garoppolo. That was a good-looking number, and even you know there was almost one, but it was there was an illegal, illegal hand or illegal block called in that. So this week's shutout of the New Orleans Saints um, is the first shutout the Saints have had against them since 2002. And they lost in 2002. They lost 38 to zero. You guessed it. They were shut out by the San Francisco 49ers 20 years ago. Yep. You the 49ers and and shutouts have a a long and gloried history and a nice recent history as well. Daniel, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but that is now four games in a row that the 49ers defense has shut out opponents in the second half, which has only been done eight times since the NFL merger. So this is an, an oh all-time great NFL defense, at least when it matters in the second half. And my, my first reaction is why well, I have two reactions. One, uh, bye, D'Amico. Please go enjoy being a head coach next offseason. You have earned it, and we are so excited for you. Um, and my second reaction is, wow, how much better is this team going to be if Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw start playing again? That is a fun – I mean, we are the NFL's best defense without – two of our best defensive players along the interior line. I just, this team is going to get healthier. At least Armstead will, will be back this year. So that should be, should be fun to see. Kinlaw, I mean, I don't know that he's not, they don't, they want him for home games, but they don't want him to fly because then they will be more fluid in his knee. I think we've mentioned this before, but I, I just 
tend to think that fluid in the knee can never really be a good thing, I assume. But I think I think my, my point here is this defense has been historically great over the past month and really is in a place where it's not unreasonable to expect them to get better with the return of, of really Armstead, I think, is the guy who we can hope on returning yep. and really see a lot of success in our run defense specifically when he comes back. So that's just so nice to be like, our defense has been incredible and really has a lot of opportunity to get better. But, oh, wait, there's more, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that the both guys were out yesterday for a while. Uh, our run defense is just so good. And then I kept seeing Ridgeway, and I go, wait, why? Oh, Armstead and Kinlaw, yeah, 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 they're both out. I knew that, I knew that. And it's just such a cool surprise. So you did say um, hopefully Armstead's coming back soon. Kinlaw, we kind of expect to not see the rest of the season, but are hopeful that we could. Um, I'm just going to throw two more injuries at you from, from yesterday's game. Uh, Spencer Burford left the, the stadium in a walking boot. Um, we believe that's just precautionary to help support his ankle. I did not hear anything that it's a serious injury at all. Um, but Elijah Mitchell, yet again, has a knee injury, and it is said to be an MCL sprain. I, I don't know if I truly got confirmation that it was a true sprain. That is what they're thinking and fearing. Um, but again, Elijah Mitchell out with his knee. We, we're stoked to get him back. Um Tyron Davis Price is still injured from what I'm aware of. Jordan Mason coming in to finish off the game yesterday. Looked good. Looked good. He five yards per carry. He looked he looked phenomenal to close out that game. Jordan Mason runs like a man who believes every run is gonna be his last NFL snap. <laughs> like that's the best way I can think to describe what Jordan Mason looks like when he runs. And it's it's fun to watch. He's he's a fun player. Like I I am obviously so so bummed for Mitchell. It is a a real a real bummer that he cannot play, uh, that he has has had these issues staying on the field because he's a really really talented player and he's so electrifying to watch. But I I expect Mason to get to get a large amount of workload because the 49ers want to keep McCaffrey healthy. That is really really important to them. That has just been made so so clear. And so I think. I think Jordan Mason is going to get a real increased workload because he has he's earned it. I mean, he's looked really really good. And I think the other the other potential is, is Tevin Coleman still on the team? I think he's going to get get a little work as well because I, I think he's I on the practice squad. He's on the practice squad. I I think I see him getting called up. But I think what I why I think that is I really think Shanahan and the Niners are going to are going to avoid putting the full workload on McCaffrey's plate for as long as possible and so that'll be until they really really need a win or until there's nobody else or maybe they're just going to fully unleash him in the playoffs but I do expect Jordan Mason or another back to to get worked in and I, I think I expect it to be Mason because he has really looked good in his limited opportunities recently no I totally agree I'm excited to see more action from him. Um, well, yes, I'm excited to see. I don't like the reason why, just because that means Mitchell's out. Um, we already talked about how that was not necessarily the most attractive win. Um, but again, a win is a win. We are 7-4. and four. Um, That doesn't sound as nice as it feels. Um, and we, we would like it to be more. I think it should be, uh, for sure, 8-3, and three, if not 9-2. and two. Um and we're in the middle of 
a long homestand, but we're also in the middle of some tough games. Um, the Cardinals and the Saints, I think, were a little easier than we thought they were going to be. But now, well, we don't have to move on to the next games But I'm uh, for us chatting about it. But just coming up next in the homestand is the Dolphins, who are number two seed in the AFC, and then the Buccaneers after them. But and, and then the Seahawks, who have proven to be a hard out this year. And that's away. That's our first away game in a long time. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot to... There's a lot to unpack with this 49ers season. We're excited to break it all down. But I think I think the high-level thing is the 49ers are doing what they have done, what they did last year and what they've done before under Shanahan, which is become a dominant defense down the stretch and start winning ugly. And what's what I think is a little different about this season compared to last year is that we've seen the offense go and dunk on someone like they did on the Cardinals last week. And I think... The Saints are not being talked about as a good team, which is reasonable. They've been a bad team. But that defense is really, really good. So the fact to me that the 49ers could only score one touchdown on them when they had a couple other opportunities that probably should have been a touchdown. Cough, cough, Jimmy Garoppolo trying to scramble. Um, That's gross, man. (laughs) That was terrible. But I I just think the Saints defense is, is really good. So to me, not being able to score that much on them doesn't doesn't scare me and I'm excited about the fact that unlike last year our offense was fine last year but this year clearly has a potential to be an elite elite offense and is only and is only starting to come into form Daniel I saw something crazy I think it was during the Cardinals game they put this up on the screen that the 49ers that Christian McCaffrey Debo Samuel and George Kittle all lead their positions in yards after the catch since they were drafted Oh, that yeah, that doesn't surprise me whatsoever. So the 49ers are the but best running the back. Stat. Yeah, the best running back, the best receiver, and the best tight end at generating yak. So this offense is only going to get better and better as Shanahan gets more and more accustomed to his new to his new toy and Christian McCaffrey as Jimmy Garoppolo still continues to get healthy in his shoulder. Although, and we'll talk about this, and maybe we should talk about it now. Jimmy is playing maybe the best ball he's ever played as a 49er. And so there's a lot to, to unpack there in terms of potential future storylines. I will continue to believe that Jimmy is gone next year until the 49ers show me otherwise. But a lot of people are starting to starting to clamor for, for Jimmy to stay with the, the way he's played this year. So all that, all that comes so down sharp. to this 49ers offense is, is on a path to finally potentially like be in a similar level to the defense. Because recently we've had like this incredible defense and an offense that's schematically good but just isn't maybe isn't there talent-wise. And and right now, if Jimmy continues to play like this with all of those offensive weapons, this is an offense that that can be at the same level as this incredible defense. And that's really, really fun to see. Speaking of this incredible defense, let me just tell you that the the some of the 49ers defensive ranks points per game first place yards per game first place um rushing yards allowed per game first place just yards per rush in general average first place first downs allowed per game first place and passing touchdowns allowed in a game first place and just so we're clear, everybody, when I say first place, that means the fewest. I'm not saying they're in first and allowing the most. This defense has been absolute shut down. They are crazy bananas with 
how incredible they've been. They had two forced fumbles against Alvin Kamara yesterday, who is not a a, a big fumble guy in my mind. I could be wrong, Timmy, if, if you think otherwise. No, but I don't. I don't normally think of Kamara as someone who's loose with the football for sure. That was his first two uh, fumble game ever, I believe. I thought I I thought I remember seeing that stat pop, great, pop up on the screen. A great play from Hufanga to generate that goal line fumble to. to yeah, Fred Warner the had the first punch out earlier in the game, or really early in the game, I think. And then, as you said it, Talano Hufanga right at the one or the two yard line, punched that ball out so hard. Well, shouldered that ball out so hard, um, it went flying up. Like somebody was, I think. Yeah, I don't, someone was already on Kamara trying to bring him down. Hufunga just decked him with his shoulder and, and popped yeah, that, that ball out. An awesome, an awesome play. Fred Warner almost got a tip, uh, almost got a hand on it. Jawan Johnson, like, kind of, sort of, almost grabbed it, and then it fell out, and Dre Greenlaw was been, able to that recover been it. Brutal. The fumble it was unreal, man. The end zone. But yeah, yeah, just a great, a great play from the 49ers defense to keep the shutout i mean that's a big shutouts are rare in the nfl against competent teams like the saints i think they're it's fair to say they are a competent team yeah yeah this defense is is playing at a at a very very high level and it's it's fun to watch i already started kind of without saying it but i already started the hufunga cowabunga segment oh, yeah. so let me just finish it off with saying that he was the leading tackler he had nine total, uh, six solo, the most out of anyone else. And he is just literally everywhere. I know the announcers talked about it yesterday uh, on the screen, if you were watching it at home, that one of the biggest reasons this Niners defense is so crazy is because you watch a play happen and you look at who's around the ball when it ends and half or all of the Niners defense is there. Everyone is there at the end of the play. They They're just really, know really fast. They know that if if they want to be a good defense, it takes everyone to be working every play. So even if you know Hufunga is on the top right side of the field playing deep coverage, but it's a run play to the left of the defensive side of the field, he knows great. I got to get over there as fast as I can and get involved as best I can. So even when the person furthest away from the play is there at the end of the play, that's how you know that this is an incredible defense. Yeah, they are just are all over the field. And, I mean, all credit to D'Amico Ryans for getting, getting, putting his guys in a position to play fast. He's just a – he. we are so lucky to have him on the coaching staff, and he, he's going to be a great, a great head coach. And I, I don't see how he does not become a head coach in next year's – in next year's coaching cycle. He's just too good. Yeah. I mean, I hate to see it. I don't want it to happen. But <laughs> no, that's true. But it it will and you know what? We thought the same or some people thought the same thing about Robert Sala being hired away and he's built a great team and the 49ers defense has continued to thrive. So hopefully the hopefully the Niners are are have another succession plan in place for for Ryan's. Anything else? Let's let's talk about the offense. Let's let's back up a little. Talk about how the Niners' offense looked this game. We moved the ball. Um, it was not not our best offensive game for sure. There were there were dropped passes. There was Jimmy Garoppolo trying to scramble on a fourth and goal. I'm not sure why they didn't just why they didn't just run the QB sneak. That would have been would have been more fun. 
I'm trying to think if there were any other highlights. Kittle had a had a couple nice grabs. McCaffrey is McCaffrey. Elijah Mitchell was looking good. Jimmy did take a hit to the knee. There was some talk about that in the Oof. in the post game pressers. Jimmy was was clearly a little a little upset about about the hit, and it sounded like he was in a little pain, but no one expected him to be to be severely injured. But there there is sometimes you're you got so much adrenaline that then the next day you start to realize you're more more injured than you thought. So th- something to keep an eye on this this Monday morning is is how Jimmy's feeling. But by all accounts, he he should be fine and and ready to go. But yeah, this Niners offense, I mean, Debo out of the backfield, McCaffrey in motion, just continues to be continues to be an elite, elite unit. Jawan Jennings with an with an incredible touchdown grab that I was I was really, really happy to see. He has just continued to improve year in and year out. And Ayuk, same thing for him. Just an a great, great 49ers receiving core. There's not a unit on the offense that that is bad. The offensive line continues to to improve and and to play well. Trent Williams is is obviously the best at his position, regardless of whether or not he tips plays. That's been a storyline we haven't uh we haven't talked about much, Daniel. But yeah, I don't know. What what were your takeaways from the offense in this game? I thought they left a lot of meat on the bone, and I, I'm okay with that at, at this time of year. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to say it, leaving the meat on the bone. Um statistically it wasn't it was nothing crazy. Uh I mean, and it should be because Garoppolo threw the ball thirty seven times. He only had 222 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, we're not surprised when we see eight targets to Brandon Ayuk, but only for five receptions, 65 yards, average of 13. And with with how much these short passes to our receivers and running backs happen, and that's to set up yak yards after catch, um, we're used to seeing the averages be pretty low because there's not a lot of deep shots sprinkled in there. But, you know, seeing your leading receiver have a 13 average is kind of shocking. But then also when you see the score is 13 to 0 and there's one touchdown in the entire game, it starts to make more sense. And that one touchdown being to Jawan Jennings, you know, no offense to Jawan, he is on one of my dynasty teams. But that's kind of one of those things where fantasy-wise, it's ah, that helps no one, but that helps the Niners massively. It's not that Kittle, Debo, CMC, Ayuk, it's not that none of them were able to get things going. They all had some good plays throughout the game. It was just the amount of them was just smaller than what they normally need. The volume was not there for them to rack up the yards or get in the end zone. And this one play to Jawan Jennings where it's in the deep left corner of the end zone tipped by Tyron Matthew and Jennings is able to stop in his tracks as he's falling to the ground, secure that ball and keep both feet in bounds. And that's amazing. Um, and I just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of some analogy to show how much of a, of the glue he was in that offense yesterday where Again, it's not that nothing was getting going for these guys, but that was just the most crucial play. He had some awesome other plays. And so when we get a funky game like this, a 13 to 0 finish, having Jennings being kind of the, the big target, the big guy in the offense, that's awesome when you're just not seeing it for anyone else. He's like, "I got this one." That's awesome. Um, and, and, and to me that what? that's you, the highlight of the day. Yeah. You also you want a team that can win ugly. 
like you don't want to be a team that can only win when everything goes right, you know? And so that that's why today's win is is still really fun. It's similar to like the playoffs win against the Packers last year. Just like an ugly, messy, awesome win. And so you want you want to see those those kind of games too as your team kind of kind of rounds into form for a for a run down the stretch and and hopefully into the playoffs. Absolutely. Daniel, I think it's it's time to to back up a second. Well, we don't have to do this right now, but I think we should. Talk about where we see this 49ers season ending. I was I was talking to Daniel before the show listeners about how most of the NFL podcasts I listen to, a lot of the analysts I like, a lot of the writers I like are starting to say the the 49ers are are the best team in the NFC. And that that's a story, a narrative that is out there that is getting pushed, that is getting a lot a lot of run is that the 49ers might be the best team in the conference right now. Definitely not the best record, but a lot of people are saying the best team. So, two questions for you, Daniel. One, are they? Two, if they are, how reasonable is it to to think there might be a Super Bowl here? Um, I would say it's very reasonable. Very reasonable um, is not even a stretch. Where we're first place in the division, we're third seed in the NFC, and the NFC as a whole is nothing crazy right now. And this is the year of... In the whole NFL season, this is one of the tightest races in each division for a lot of them we've seen. Um, there's not a lot of teams that are taking off and, and being crazy. I mean, the Eagles are 10-1, and one, and that's kind of a fluke. If it was the Chiefs, if it was some other teams in there, we wouldn't be a surprise. But no one expected the Eagles to be 10-1. and one. Now, they're a force to be reckoned with for sure, but you look at... Any of these divisions, I mean, it's easiest to pick on the NFC East, where if playoffs started today, they would all make it. The Which three is wild crazy, cards, by the way. If you had said before the season absurd. that every NFC East team was going to be in the playoffs, I would have said you were crazy. But here we are. I just think that there's there's a lot of... Um, I'm not used to seeing so many of these divisions so close in the runnings, or seeing a lot of these teams like the Jets be seven and four the giants be seven and four and commanders be seven and five um or flip side the packers being four and eight the bucks being five and six some of these stud teams that are not getting it done and some of these teams that we have not expected to be stud teams getting it done and so that that just what why i say all that shows me that this is the year where sure they might be in first place. They might this, 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 whatever the scenario is. But this is absolutely a year where nothing matters before the game. Whatever they've done, um, maybe some tempo from wins or losses before is an important part as well. Momentum matters. But, you know, records don't seem to matter anymore. Um, upsets happen way more than we're expecting. And it's it's been fun for football fans. But... I feel great about being in third uh, third seed, third place in the NFC when the Bucks are the ones right behind us. Yeah. And yeah, Cowboys are one and two seed. Or sorry, Cowboys. I was looking at the Cowboys when I said it. Eagles and Vikings are one and two seed. Those are yeah, those are scary teams. But the Eagles we scare have me. The, beaten the, both in the, the past. 
the Vikings are are so tough because I mean they just got stomped by the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. It's it's so hard to figure. But they beat the Bills. It's so hard to see what they are. I think. I don't know. I'm not betting against the 49ers in January. I wouldn't want to play them. I I think I think it's safe to say they've got to be the team other than maybe the Eagles that you're the most scared of playing in the playoffs because they've had success and they're a, a physical team that wants to beat you down and that tends to to win in January. So with that in mind, with looking ahead, I'm I'm with you by the way, Daniel. I think a Super Bowl is a pretty reasonable thing to to be on the table right now. Obviously, anything can happen. You have no idea what's going to happen in January, but if you if you told me the 49ers were going to be in the Super Bowl, I'd be like, "Yeah, that that sounds about right." Now, with that in mind, the 49ers Twitter, 49ers discourse is is talking a lot about Jimmy and Trey Daniel. There's a lot out there of who's the 49ers quarterback next year. If the 49ers win a Super Bowl, does Jimmy stay? He's playing so well. Trey hasn't gotten much runtime. Are they going to stick with Jimmy? And then you get back to the they never wanted to go to Trey in the first place. All that kind of kind of discourse that I I tend to tune out and dismiss. But I mean it it's worth asking the question. What what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo next year? Does he stay on the team? Does does the team transition to Trey Lance? What what does your gut tell you? Next season you're asking? Yeah, exactly. Okay, pardon me, thought I heard you say this, and I was like, uh, don't think it's an option. But, gosh, I mean, that's like, again, the analogies don't come quick for me, but that is just such a hard thing to think about because of how sharply this team is, is looking. And obviously, a lot of that is to the defense. We're this good because of the defense. Yes, we have literally the best weapons in the game with Kittle, Debo, Chris McCaffrey, when Brandon Ayuk and Elijah Mitchell are your fourth and fifth best guys on your offense, that's crazy. Last year, statistically, it was Debo, of course, and then Elijah Mitchell was number two. And now that he's number, number five, that makes you feel really good. So the defense is a huge part of where we're at. But again, with these weapons and Jimmy looking sharp, that's why we're excelling the way we are. And it's, it's really hard for me to not jump to say, no, I would still put Trey Lance in. My, my biggest case, my biggest reason for, you know, as when people hear that team and I care about the Niners enough, they go, oh, would you guys want Trey or Jimmy? It's always the question. Timmy, I'm sure that's the, the question you could ask the most as well. Maybe not as much now that Trey's been injured, but it's who do you want? And I always say you know my it's hard but my biggest thing is Trey Lance's potential in all the things that he has is what I want where Jimmy's game totally. is very narrow mindsetted I would say he has a he, I'm not saying he has a narrow mindset but he is very boxed in where he can only do so many things yeah and we cannot we've, throw a deep ball yeah we, we've we've gone through them totally but if I'm in win-now mode, I want Jimmy. Be like, this Jimmy, because he's playing sharp. But what's so hard is we don't have this Jimmy for a full season. We don't have this Jimmy for very long. We usually. rarely have this Jimmy for a full game. Yeah, so it's really easy to sit here 7-4, first place, in the place we're in going, oh, yeah, ride or die, Jimmy, I want him. But then the second, if he has a bad game against the Dolphins next week, so many people who are saying – 
today, I want Jimmy next year, they're going to flip right back going, ah, give us Trey because Jimmy sucks. It's the most frustrating and annoying thing there is. But, no, I, I still want Trey. Um, he needs to have that time to develop. We can't expect him to hop in and be poised and controlled immediately. I think that's what veterans do, and he has not totally. had enough time to play. But no matter how sharp Jimmy can stay the rest of the season, even if we win a Super Bowl, I still want Trey because I would be surprised if Jimmy made it through the rest of the season looking this sharp yeah. and this poised the whole time. And it's it's all about when when the play breaks down, when it doesn't go the way Kyle Shanahan designed it, can you still make something happen? And that's that has been, we've talked about this, almost all of the, the Kyle Shanahan disciples, I, I call them that, some people call them Sean McVay disciples, but, you know, they're Kyle Shanahan disciples, have 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 seen the limits of what their of what their offensive genius can create for you and when that happens you need a quarterback who can who can still make a play and that that is why the 49ers drafted Lance is to be that guy so i think they ultimately will still hand over the reins to them to him what will happen i i don't know but i think I think ultimately, I think Trey gets his shot, by the way. He's, he's moving around without a boot, with a minimal limp, not much swelling in his ankle, so it seems like the recovery is on track. Some whispers that potentially he could be back to back up Jimmy down the stretch and into the playoffs. Cal Shanahan has said no one has told him that that's a possibility, but you know it's getting mentioned, something to keep an eye on. But I think if you ask me right now, Daniel, I think Jimmy Garoppolo will be the New York Jets starter next year. That is where I would I would put my money. I don't know, man. They're liking Mike White. That's true. Unless they roll with unless they roll with Mike White. But yeah, I think I think Jimmy will be gone because of just that element of if things go wrong, you still need someone who can make something happen and, and that's not Jimmy. And I've said this again and again. Thank you to Jimmy Garoppolo for everything. I'm so excited to see what you might do with the 49ers this season, but unless he wins a Super Bowl, I don't I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, and even then it might be tough. Other teams might want him more than we do. So, um, you know, I think that we've been talking about where the Niners are at. Um, I think that this next week, being home against the Dolphins, shows us. I think this is the 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 best. Um, oh gosh, what's the word? Like litmus test. Thank you. What is the what is the this is the best litmus test for the Niners of, you know, as you said, people are saying. Are they the best in the NFC? Are they Super Bowl contenders? You know, where are they at? Are they really this good? Our defense obviously is, but can our offense stay to that caliber as well? And being home against the Dolphins, who are 8-3, and three, winning their division in second place in the AFC as a whole, yeah, this is an incredible test. If we are able to come away with any kind of win against the Dolphins, I think that the Niners have a case to everyone that they're legit. They're an, they're already a contender. I mean, any team winning their division is a contender. So I'm not worried about people thinking we're a contender or not, but can this game prove that, like, okay, they absolutely have a fan, fantastic, phenomenal shot to make and win the Super Bowl? Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's worth noting the last time the 49ers played another team that was thought of as a t- contender, the Chiefs absolutely destroyed them. You know, so these. Yeah. These questions are are completely worth asking and are, are really important. 
So I agree, this game matters a lot. It's going to be fun to watch to watch Shani against his former uh, his former disciple in in uh, Mike McDaniel over in having a lot of success over with Tua in Miami. Tua is. We'll be seeing Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, yeah. Trent Sherfield, River Craycroft, Mike McDaniel. Yeah, it, it's 49ers so East over there in Miami. And uh, it should be fun to see to see what happens there. Tua, I think, is is playing some of the best ball of his career. Been a lot of Tua talk out there in the in the NFL sphere. Some people put him in the category of, like we just talked about, a quarterback who can do what the offense gives him, but maybe can't make something happen. Sort of sort of like a Jimmy. I think Tua personally, I think he's I think he's better than Jimmy, and I think we'll see. I mean, it's it's a reasonable discussion to talk about Tua being a potential MVP at this point with the level he's playing. That offense has been incredible. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are probably the fastest combination of wide receivers you will see anywhere. So it will be be really, really interesting to see how the 49ers handle defending them, especially with just that that constant deep threat. We'll see. We're going to need a big game, I think, out of our safeties to kind of really, really keep that roof on over the top. But I think I think the one thing that that is that we've seen with Tua is if you can if you can pressure him, you can you can get him off his game. And I don't know. I've yet to see a a, a quarterback that this 49ers D line can't pressure. I'm, I'll be curious to see if Armstead or, or Kinlaw can get back out there, but this should be an, an awesome, awesome game. This Miami offense has just been been so, so fun to watch, and the 49ers offense is the same. I think this this could become become a bit of a shootout, and it, it should be really fun to, to see what happens out there. Daniel, what is your what do you kind of think is going to happen on Sunday? Um, I think that the Dolphins will not be running the ball a whole lot. I think that... Our second, our defense is incredible, but a lot of that comes from the run defense, and I think that with a with a uh, arsenal that involves Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, that they will be throwing the ball quite a lot. Um, you know, Jeff Wilson is their leading rusher, um, I believe. I mean, Raheem Mostert was out last week, but Wilson got the ball thirteen times, only managed thirty nine yards and a touchdown against a measly Texans defense. Um, Tua threw the ball 36 times, had 22 completions for 299 yards and one touchdown. Um, We're not used to seeing that one touchdown for Tua of recent. Um, Jalen Waddle had uh, the most targets with 10 targets, five receptions, 85 yards. Tyreek Hill also had 85 yards with six receptions. And then the next two receivers, River Craycroft, and Trent Sherfield. So that's that's just fun for me to see. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of air attack from Tua in the Miami Dolphins offense. And I don't think they're going to try to fool anyone with a whole lot of run game. They're going to know there's not a whole lot we're going to be able to do. Um, Tua is also going to need to get the ball out quick. He's going to be pressured a ton. Nick Bosa is on a sack rampage. And he had the only sack for the Niners yesterday. Um, so I, I expect it's going to be a big game and our secondary needs to show up. Um, I am excited to see what Talanoa Hufunga can do, but I also, I need Charvarius Ward to have a big game. I need Jimmy Ward to play the nickel spot because I'm liking seeing him there and I'm going to need to see him help shut down the likes of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Um, I want to see our linebackers drop back and help in some way with coverage as best they can. Um, 
part of me expects to see a lot of zone coverage and see the linebackers drop back a lot just because that's those are two of the best receivers in the league right now. Uh, that's the best one-punch, one-two punch duo I can think of off the top of my head. So that's, that's what I'm expecting in terms of how they attack. Um, it's all, I feel like it's way too hard to predict what we're going to do. We're always going to run the ball. We're always going to get some short passes and hope for yak. Um, I'm not going to say we're always going to throw deep balls because I, I don't want that to always be a thing. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun game. I think the 49ers offense is going to be able to to run their stuff and it I think it'll matter the the question I think almost comes down to like will the Dolphins be able to do the same. And so I think you're right. It's really going to come down to what the 49ers secondary can do to to Waddle and, and Hill and the the thing with receivers like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is I don't know if you can stop them. You can just limit them. And so that's that's the question. I don't know how you can stop someone who's the fastest guy on the field at all time. And you have two of those guys playing you for... You stay behind them. <laughs> yeah. You have two of those guys playing for Miami this year. But this 49ers defense has been has been great. So yeah, this is a even if you're if you're not a 49ers fan and you're listening to this podcast, this should probably be this is must must see NFL viewing in my opinion this week's game it is going to tell us a lot about what we can expect down the stretch from both of these teams are the Dolphins a true true AFC contender are the 49ers a true true elite defense we're going to have a lot of answers to these to these questions next week so it's going to be a really really fun game that you should you should mark a spot on your calendars for because it's going to be going to be appointment television Daniel should we make I know it's been a few weeks since we've been on here want to make some bold predictions I do. I do. I can go first since I've I've already got mine down. Let's hear it. Um I've kind of got a uh an A and a B. I mean really it's just a 1 and a 2. I think that knowing these two teams and where they're at, I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think that our defense is going to do a good job, but these are two incredible teams. So I'm going to go with I'm I'm predicting four touchdowns apiece on both both sides, well, not both sides of the ball, both teams. But I'm also going to predict that our defense is the reason we win this game. Yeah. That does not seem like the boldest prediction since we have the best defense in the NFL. Um, but I, I say that one to show that coming off of a few strong weeks um, with this defense, this is just to show that they can do it against any contender. Yeah. So, so Daniel, what we're uh, what we're seeing here, just based off the scoring points, I just looked up the over under for this game currently, forty six and a half. Wow. I think that's an easy over. What do you think? Yeah, I would I would join you in that. Yeah, I I might be taking the over on that. Um, I I think I agree though, Daniel. I think this game is going to be a shootout, and I think it's going to come down to a couple big plays from the 49ers defense. So I'm I'm predicting an interception. I think Tua is going to throw a pick. I'm, I think he's gonna gonna be pressured, and I think he's gonna gonna get off that precision that has benefited him so much this year. I'm I'm predicting at least one interception from from Tua. That's my uh, that's my bold prediction. Yeah, another another big part, obviously, as it is every week, and what we already talked about so far is we need Jimmy to look sharp um, now more than ever. I will say now more than ever we need him to look sharp. So that's what we're hoping for here. Um, but again, I, I like the two a pick. I'm hoping that it's picked off by Charvarius Ward, whoever he may be covering. I'm not sure what Perhaps they're going to do. Perhaps his former teammate Tyreek Hill. 
That's what I'm thinking. That's what I kind of want. But my goodness, Tyreek, I just can't imagine. I played flag football this weekend, and I had to cover a college football player. And Never I just fun. feel like that's – no, it was unreal. Um, I, <laughs> crispest cuts I've ever seen. But I just can't imagine what it's like covering Tyreek, and I think it's got to be something like how I felt this weekend. Yeah, there's going to be – the 49ers are going to be doing some fun – there's going to be some fun schematic stuff employed to – Employed to limit Hill, so it'll be interesting if they if they trust Charvarius Ward to kind of mono mono him, or if maybe it's a let's put Ward on Waddle so we can use two guys on Tyreek. It's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to watch, and I'm I'm excited to see how the 49ers go about stopping this defense and how how Kyle Shanahan goes about beating a guy who who is who's truly his protege. I think more than more than any of the other kind of guys who have worked under Shanahan over the years that have gone on to be head coaches through McVay, I'd through the floor. Mike McDaniel is is Kyle Shanahan's true protege who's been with him really since day one throughout throughout his time in the NFL. And so more than anyone else, McVay and or not McVay, McDaniel and, and Shanahan have really influenced and worked so closely together over the years. I'm I'm excited to kind of see what what it looks like to watch these guys go against each other because they're they're two guys who I imagine are close and have just been working together who worked together for so so long it's it's cool to see Mike McDaniel get his opportunity it's been fun to see see all the cool things he's done with it I just hope he doesn't do any of those cool things against the 49ers on Sunday agreed but yeah it is a a fun fun time to be a 49ers fan Go out there and listen to some of those podcasts saying the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. It's it's a fun time. I recommend you go find one of those and, and tune in after, of course, listening to every episode of 49ers Unrestricted twice. And yeah, <laughs> thanks for thanks for tuning in. Daniel, any any kind of parting thoughts as we as we wrap up today? Uh, nothing really for me, but George Kittle has something to say. Let's hear it. Just had to share. That was a, a tweet. I don't know how well we heard it, but that was a tweet last night on the, the Niners Twitter. And Nick, uh, Nick Bosa, George Kittle is always just summing it up the best way every time. Um, he, you know, he, he's real. He says, was well, that the prettiest win? No, but our defense is pretty good. And then just runs away yelling, Bosa. So always too much fun from George Kittle. I just gotta, had to share that one. Gotta love Kittle. Thanks for, for sharing that. Well, Listeners, thank you for tuning in. A big, big congratulations, Daniel, to you and Jamie as well. So excited for you both. And yeah, ah, thanks again, listeners, for tuning in. Stay safe out there, Thanks so much.